What do performers wear underneath all that glitter, glamour, and feathers? They wear barely there show underwear, the perfect show underwear for performers worldwide. An official sponsor of Bluebells Forever podcast, eBarely There show underwear is made by a former Paris showgirl and is part of the Bluebell Forever podcast family. We are proud to feature this local to England made brand, which perfectly meets the needs of showgirls worldwide. At an affordable price and a perfect fit, visit e-barelytheirunderwear.com and follow on Instagram at e underscore barely there. We are also proud to announce that Bluebells Forever podcast is the official distributor for eBarely There in the U.S. To save on postage, follow for more information on eBarely There show underwear. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Uh, Herma Voss, I have to say this with such reverence and awe that your name, I was like, I reached out going, I don't know if she'll answer, but I know Marissa talks about you in her interview of how she would watch and study you. Jeremy uh-huh. told me I should reach out to you. And what's wonderful, well, like that Marissa was part of the Moulin Rouge, so she wasn't part of the Lido, but she watched and learned and used you as an example of how to be this beautiful performer. But then Jeremy of this new generation, they, they, they look up to you and want, you know, want, want to know about you, which is amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing. And I think the fact that the younger generation cares, because I don't think I really knew much when I was in the show. So it makes me happy to know that there is this legacy that keeps going. And you, my dear, are a legend. <laughs> and I just feel honored to be across <laughs> from you. And then it's, hearing yours. Yeah. And I also, and I think like just knowing about the reunion that I've, I kept hearing about you. And then I had talked to Peter because I saw your love story. I didn't put it together that it was the same hermit. I went, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I love that. It's like, oh, this makes the story even better. So um, yeah, it's we funny. listen. Really, yeah. it's great. It's crazy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really flattered to be here. And, and I did not realize I was a legend. I heard that the, not such a long time ago. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very proud that I was the, the first dancer to walk on that beautiful new Lido show uh, stage. Of course, I'm very, very uh, proud about that. But I, I didn't know it was that much, you know, that this girl comes up with uh, t- towards me during the reunion 16 um, uh, 18 months ago with uh, with the program asking me for uh, for an autograph and, and saying that you know uh, do you know that you're a legion I said no I don't know it's amazing it's really amazing but I'm flattered I guess yeah I'm flattered <laughs> yeah like it's amazing when you said yeah. there's that you did an interview because there's a book coming out because it's coming up on the 75 year anniversary of the Lido. So to yeah. know that you're really a part of in that time capsule, that is really important that we, it's not just a whole bunch of dancers that come in because there are how many thousands of bluebell dancers over the years, but the standard that gets set and just to know that you're going to be part of that, that story. And I'm yeah. so excited for that book to come out. I want to, I want to like yeah. relish every picture. And, and I think it's so important that we're capturing all these and yeah. while we're while you know while we're still alive, that people get to come up to you and say you're a legend. Yeah, that's you know, not after we're gone. No. It's like now while you get to appreciate it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was very surprised. I didn't. I really didn't realize it. You know, after so much, so so many years, when you go back to the beginning of your career, when I arrived in Paris, I was 18 years old, and I had a, a contract. 
I was supposed to stay for six months, you know, I really on, it was just like an, for me being uh, on stage and having a dancing experience in, in, on, in, in a show. I had my, like I told you before, I had my diploma as a dance teacher in Holland and I started teaching and I was doing very well and I wanted to open my own dance school. So, and the director of, of our school organized this audition during our Christmas holiday uh, in front of Miss Bluebird and she wanted to keep us straight away. And uh, because, wow. you know, we, we had a very, we had, I think we had a very good um, technical level, you know, after, after that, uh, that school period. And then we said to her, no, 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 we, we want to finish our, our school year. Uh, we won't be here for next summer. But I really, honestly, I was, I had this contract. I was going to stay for six months, but then you were on stage. And then you start as a new bluebell in the back. You have four dancers in four rows. If you're new, you're all the way in the back. I was really disappointed because I didn't see the audience. I only saw the backs of the dancers in front of me. And so, yeah, little by little, you realize that you start to like it. Um, you start to try and be a little bit different than the other girls. And yeah, there's like some... Um, um, uh, wanting to go further, wanting to go up, wanting to be different. So I was working really, I was working hard, looking at yourself in the mirror very often during the, during the, 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 uh, the intermission, the, the on track, I was in front of the mirror. And I, you know, I tried to, you know, make the movements really nice. And I think it's important to look at yourself and try to uh, correct yourself and, and really, you know, um, uh, be, be, be very aware of your own opinion about what you can do. And I think that's very important. But I loved being on stage and I did not realize that I had talent. You do not realize that you have a, like a, a charism, like, is that, is that English? Yeah. Charisma. Charisma, yeah. Charisma yeah. right. You are born with that and you don't realize. And actually, so I never went back to Holland. <laughs> and I'm still in, and I'm still in France. I'm still doing uh, things. I'm still singing right now. And I'm still in, hanging on into this artistic activity because once you have had that feeling of being on stage, it's so wonderful. It's very hard to just do some other job. You know, I couldn't see myself sitting in an office in front of a computer. That's really not me, you know. So, um, wow. yeah. So I, I arrived in the old Lido. <clears throat> I was 18 years old. I was really a baby. I didn't know anything about life. And uh, there was a, a, another dancer, Nancy, from, from, from America. She taught me everything, how to put makeup on, how to put lashes on. And yeah, we just went out there. And after 10 days rehearsal, it was just, I remember so well my first night, I had to do a car wheel. And, and, and the stage was still a little bit narrow in the old Lido, you know? And we had to do this car wheel with these big uh, dresses. And, and I just fell on the floor and the other girl in, the, in behind me, she couldn't do a car wheel because I was on the floor. <laughs> so I had to get up by, oh my God, the first night was really hard. But little by little, you know, you get there. And uh, yeah, each time a girl goes on holiday or is, it, or is ill or is on, has, has her day off, I went more to the front. <laughs> and after three months, I was in the front row. And, and Miss Bluebell told me, she said to me, she gave me a very nice compliment. After two weeks being there, I was doing my warm up before the show and she comes up to me and she says, you look very good on stage, you know, with her accent. 
<laughs> she said, smile, smile all the time. So yeah, I was very flattered. And then she came into my lodge, she says, if you smile, we don't see your top lip. And then she, she would put lipstick all around me, you know, like the fifties, like Hollywood, right. you know, this, this round <laughs> movement, you know? Yeah, she was adorable. So um, yeah, so that was my beginning. And then you realize that you were made for that job. And my parents, they were, you know, they were a little surprised that I didn't want to come back. <laughs> Once I was there, I was there, yeah. So you grew up in Holland. Did, when yeah. did you start dance? Did you start out in ballet as a little girl or when, when did dance come in for you? Four years old. Really? Uh, yeah, my mother thought it was important for a girl to learn how to move, uh, yeah, to be feminine. I have three sisters, you know, and we all went to ballet school starting from four years old. And so once, just once a week, classical, until I was 14. And then uh, I did a jazz class uh, once a week. And then I went to, to the Ballet Academy when I was 15. Can you believe that? Yeah. Wow. That was uh, four years. For, uh, I had just turned 15, actually, because I was I'm born in September. So you're, you're a very young pupil in the classroom. And so for four years, I did the Ballet Academy. I told you, then you... You learn uh, classical, of course, point shoes. Can you believe me on point shoes? I'm six foot two. I'm one meter 87. And so uh, me on point shoes, it's very hard. And I love doing pas de deux. But I had this, this boy dancer, he was a very beautiful African uh, dancer. He was the only one who could dance with me doing a pas de deux. And I loved it. But, uh, you know, it was just impossible for me to find a job as a classical dancer because you're just too tall. So then the artistic director of, of the schools, they just organized uh, an audition with Miss Bluebell during our, our school holidays in, uh, in, with Christmas. So that's how it all started. Did she work with Miss Bluebell or how did she know to get you guys that connection? She just knew that in the in the Lido, uh, uh, in the Lido, there were tall dancers. She she knew about it, and she, well, she I think she just went on a telephone book. And one of the teachers, she she spoke a little bit French, so she answered the phone. And then they switched over. She she started to talk in English, and she said, you know, we have two beautiful girls here. They would love to dance in the Lido, and would you like them to come down for an audition? She said, yes, of course. And so we just took the train and we went down. We had a rendezvous. So I was there on, on, on that stage with my pink ballet uh, tights and my <laughs> little dimmy points. And, and I, did a, I did a very good audition, actually. I felt already this big space all around me. I felt like it felt so good to be in this space, to be on stage. And we had to do like an improvisation of an adagio and I do more like a, uh, a kicking thing, like more like a jazz combination. And Marianne was with me, my girlfriend who came down with me. She said, oh, my God, you did a beautiful uh, improvisation. I've never seen you dance like that. Amazing, huh? Mm. Going, from the, going from the classroom onto the stage and all of a sudden things come out of you naturally. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. There, there's even when you talk about being in the back, like how being tall, like you're always in the back for the pictures when you're tall. So you kind of think that's your place. And that just I love that image of getting on that stage and you get to finally blossom yeah. and move to the front, because I think as a tall girl, it's just yeah. assumed you're in the back or like I am tall. I had to partner with the girls and be the boy because there's never boys in class. So 
that image is just so beautiful. Like you, that, that was, you needed space to move and not be in the back. Cause when you, who would know that you really would shine like that unless you're given that opportunity to Nobody. come out into the front. Like you, you could have lived your whole life and never known that you were meant to be yeah, that's right. A legend that that because who? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's such a great picture because I just yeah, I feel like, like even the way your body changed, like you get to like feel what that feels like. Um, I was th- somebody had mentioned about recitals, and I was p- think, thinking about the glitter and the sparkle comp the costume. But what I remember when I think about it, it's like being like seven years old on the stage, and that was the lights, like what the lights look like. Yeah. You know, when you're little, you walk out on that stage for the first time, and some people, I just saw those lights, and it was like like there was something that like come on keep going this is for yeah, you yeah 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 right As- yeah 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 it, it feels it the lightning and that i remember marisa saying that during the rehearsals she said we really have to know all the numbers very well but once we're on stage with all the lights then you don't get um you can don't get thrown off balance and she's absolutely right she has a very good way of analyzing things uh what you feel when you're on stage and uh, I liked working with her. Um, I told you 10 years ago, she hired me <laughs> to, uh, to replace her in, in a very nice dinner show in Germany called Le Palazzo. And I was singing and dancing a little bit with these beautiful girls around me. They even managed to dance a can-can on a tiny little stage. And I was singing Cessibon in the middle with my corset, my long dress. It was amazing. It was a very nice experience for five, for five months to go back into a dinner show. In, in the style of a cabaret and being yeah. a singer. Yeah, it was very nice, yeah. Did you so, grow up singing? Did, did you do no. that later in life? So did, you didn't even know Much you had later. to sing? Really? No, 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 no. No, because, um, okay, what I have to tell you, um, in the new Lido, in the Ali Lido, the first three months, we worked with the, the Sir Kessler, the German twin, um, who were singing and dancing, and they were pretty known in France. And, and I, I think that the direction hired them, you know, to, to also for the publicity, because it was a new show, the, the Lido. And these girls, they were really nice. And she said to me, um, Alice, I remember Alice Kessler, she said to me, you are just amazing. She said, you don't realize that. You have to learn how to sing. You have to go and take acting classes. Um, try and, and improve all the disciplines in the, in the artistic world. And that's what I did. I started to take singing classes, thanks to her. And mm. in the beginning, I didn't realize that I had a voice. No, I, I don't, I have a voice. I have a small voice. I don't sing like Tina Turner, of course, but uh, you know, especially all the little nice groovy things, jazzy, a little bit soul is perfect. And I still, I have my own orchestra in Paris and now in the South of France. Uh, I, I still perform and, and I love being still being on stage. And, and if I sing, I don't stand just straight after behind my mic. I can't stop, you know, doing little things and doing little jazz because it's, it's, it's inside of you, you know, all the little mm. jazz that oh makes you difference. It makes yeah. you different. Yeah. yeah. To go watch someone just stand and hold a microphone is not as much fun as watching this. No. And beautiful. I just love yeah, and I just love, I really play uh, the card of, of Hollywood, Les Anais 50s, uh, long dresses uh, with open on, on the leg and stick out that leg and have a nice, <laughs> have a nice high heel on, you know, on, on stage, you know, it doesn't matter if, if I'm 6'2 or 6'4, you know, and on stage it, does, it doesn't see, you don't see it. <laughs> no. Well, what, do you remember, what was that like after you got the job? Was, were you like when you were offered it, did you take it right away or did you have time to go home and kind of 
finish up what you were doing with school and well, we had to do, we had the audition for Miss Bluebell during our school holidays in uh, in December, the Christmas school holidays, and then we told her that because she, she wanted to keep us straight away, she needed she needed answers, <laughs> and we said no 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 we want to go on until the end of our school year and have our diploma because you know in Holland also you have to have a diploma to be able to teach you know, and so uh, no we finished our school year. And, and we said, we are be able to come starting from August. And that's what we did. I arrived half August in 1975 in the Lido. The first week we slept in a, in a hotel room with two of us. And then she helped us finding a little apartment. And, uh, and then with this Dutch dancer, uh, his name was Franz, where he found us a bed and yeah, little by little, you know, you get your life together. And if you're very young, you know, you have to, from one day into the other, you have to take care of your life. It's not only your job. It's also everything was outside your life. Go and do your shopping and take care of your salary and don't spend all your money at the same time and things like that. And so from one day until the other, you're an adult and you grow up because I was still with my parents. I left my parents home to come to Paris. So I was really a baby, didn't know anything about life. So you have to really stay concentrated not going to the wrong directions you know right I mean? so uh, <clears throat> what a Ms. way Blue to grow up so, yeah but miss blue but she was amazing <clears throat> i really i really uh watched her a lot and i admired her a lot i thought she was very uh, delicate and diplomat and she always you know she would go before the show around the lodge hello girls and you know always says something oh this person is in the room and Tonight we have Tom Jones and, you know, somebody very famous. She always managed to, to put some dynam uh, dynamism, is that English, into, uh, into, into the way that you want to be on stage, you know. And I think that's very, management is very important. And I think she was an amazing manager for the girls. Yeah. Yeah. She gave a lot of us the start of our career and also like the, for women back then, like the 70s and 80s. You know, of course, not, it's not like a lot of girls are going to just leave their family and go to Paris, you know, no. if you're going to go be a secretary or a teacher and like the options for women. So I think this, she was such a wonderful businesswoman and manager that I think it emboldened generations of women to like step out and like step to the center of the stage or right. figure out your, right. figure out your life outside of, you know, what's the normal assumption is you're going to get married and have babies right away. That's like, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a nice yeah, little yeah, choice to go to Paris at 18. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a choice. It's it's a career choice. It's a life choice. But uh, it was very in, for, for me. It was very important to have her there because because uh, I felt like uh, supported. You know, yeah. you're not like all of a sudden alone in in this new adult world. She was she she was there for us. And if there's a problem, you can go to her and talk and ask questions. And and for for me, it was very important. Yeah. Mm. So what, really did you young. go? Did you go into one of the last shows at the Old Lido when you yeah. started? Was that I the finished. last show? Yeah, that was the last show. It was the show called Grand Jeu, Grand Grand Jeu, <laughs> with uh, Jacqueline Duguet. She was she was the leading lady. She she was a, a beautiful French, uh, uh, how do you say, menace de revue, and um, we had we had some very nice numbers. I, I really liked the old Lido also. It was much smaller, but more intimate. But we had we had water on stage. We did the Sahara with all this waterfall. We had Quen uh, Quen with the cascaders on stage uh, in galloping on stage during the Western 
on 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 a, on a horseback, you know, and and then in the Sahara we had camels walking on stage. Now that was so funny. <laughs> See, it was, it was really an amazing show. So what happens when I arrived, I was, um, I was, I was really prude, you know, I must say that I, I didn't have much teeth. <laughs> Even in ballet school, I was wearing bra, I had to put cotton in my bra because I wanted to have a little bit of shape, you know. And, um, but once in, in Alido, uh, you know, you were, you were developing a little bit more as a, as a woman body and, uh, and I was feeling much better. And after seven months, I decided to go nude as a, as, as a new dancer. And that for me was a big step because I was really uh, be, really shy and, and like you said, prude. But I loved so much the choreography of, 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 the, of the new dancers. It was more uh, slow, it was more feminine. It was not like hipping around, you know, it's more groovy and slow and um, very feminine. And I thought, I said, okay, I'm just gonna put lots and lots and lots of pancake on my body and, and I feel I don't I wouldn't feel so naked yeah and I did I did a good thing because you know I wanted to go further I wanted to go see how far I could go you know and I was very much admiring all, all, the, all the, the, the the principal dancers special Susan uh, Susan we called her school Susan Scottish um, I thought she was so beautiful each time I would watch her when she did her quick change from one number to the other number you know and I thought, oh my God, one day I could do such a nice thing by myself. You know, you start to dream about it. And then one day it happens because what happened, Don Iden came to Paris. There was going to be the new Lido. And I was in the line and I heard that Don Iden was in, in the room and I was like, oh my God. And he picked me out of the line from one day until the other day. He said to, to Miss Bluebell, I want her to come down in three days to pass the audition with the other principals. And I was so shocked because I did not expect it at all. And I had nothing to prepare. And I'm absolutely no choreographer. I, I know that I have my style and I'm a, I, was, I was a very good dancer, but I absolutely have no talent at all to create any, any movements together, you know? So um, I had a, a very nice girlfriend. She was at that moment in the Moulin Rouge. She helped me to put a couple of movements together and I did a very good audition. And I was taken as a principal and I just could not believe it. And so then you go into the, into the rehearsal, you feel the competition of the other dancers, which was not easy for me. So I prefer to stay with my friends, you know, it was, it was a situation during the rehearsals, but was not very comfortable because the principals were sitting at one side of the stage with even the, the remplaçant. And I was sitting on the other side of the stage with my friends of the, the bluebells having fun, you know. And uh, little by little, you know, the, the, the atmosphere was cooling down. And finally, we had a very nice atmosphere in the, in the large, but in the beginning, it was not comfortable for me. It was like, yeah. oh God, you know, you can feel the pressure on you. But yeah. um, the, that, that very first evening when I was behind the curtain and I heard this voice saying, Herma, let's go. And then the orchestra starts to play and you're there like going, oh my God. And then the curtain opens and you have this big room in front of you and all the people and the, the whole audience is like silence. And you have this big stage in front of you and you say, this is my moment and here we go and just let's go. I had so much fun. 
it was just like you're you're not you're, it's something i don't know you're not anymore on the same level in in life something gets out of you it's it's a very strange feeling and i still have that sometimes you know today when i sing with my musicians and we have fun because we know each other for 20 years my musicians and we have very good uh, uh, complicity after after the show after the concert I, I'm like on some sort of a cloud, you know, it's like, it's such a happy feeling that it gives you and it can take, it can, I don't know, it, I can be in that sit, in that state like a couple of hours and then I get down again. Yeah. It's amazing. Being an artist, people don't understand sometimes what it is, but once you become at the, uh, being an artist and it's very hard to do anything else to sit in the office, you know, could have never done that. So I'm just like your first story of only seeing the back of the people's heads in front of you. And now yeah. to that, I mean, I got chills and even just how you tell it, you can tell that you fully embraced it, you know, because sometimes people are thinking so much, they don't actually get to feel that moment. And then they go, what was that like the first time? Like it feels like you felt it and they did, you were not meant to be in the back. You were meant to be in the front because <laughs> even just telling it, I go, oh, that's Oh, it's amazing that you actually really fully embraced it while you were living it. Because some of the stories, people were like, I wish I embraced it more when I was there. Mm. So was that, was that first time, was that in the new Lido or was that at the, the, very, first, the very first time when that, what, what I just uh, told you was the opening of the new Lido. And yeah, why did the other one close? Was it just, they needed to. I think they, they just be, needed. Yeah. They needed, I think they needed a bigger place. Because we were doing two shows and in the old Lido and it was fully, fully. And they had many, many contracts with all these uh, travel companies, with all these Japanese and everybody sitting. It was just full. And I think, you know, they had the opportunity to go a little bit higher on the Champs-Élysées and have this bigger room. Now, I don't remember how many places that was. The difference, what made me smile, that in old Lido, everything was red velvet. And in the new Lido, everything was blue velvet. And, and so it made it a whole different atmosphere. It's much more modern, more, more update, you know? Yeah. Was it a big deal in Paris for this opening? Was there a lot of press? Did they make it a big deal that the new show had come to this new place? Oh yes, definitely. Oh yeah. We only had stars and very famous people at, at the, the very first uh, opening night. Yeah, I could see I could see them sitting <laughs> at my heart beating and say, Oh my god, that's Alain Delon on the first on the first seat. And then that's Miu Miu and yeah, all these famous people. Yeah. Yeah. And I could and you were the see first, them. And you were the yeah. first one to step out on that new stage. That's right. Yes. Oh I my was, gosh. That just gives me chills. With a big head, everything, our costumes were, it was white fox fur and with little feathers, white and blue, just like the room, white and blue. Very, I will send you a picture. You'll have, I would you'll love to see it. that. Yeah. Were you, you weren't singing at this time. You were dancing, right? I was, I was dancing. Yeah. You were yeah, dancing. So were you, did you come out as a solo and then the rest of the dancers came on that you got to be the first yeah. one out there? Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. What an honor. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to really focus on, 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 the, on the table, on the middle table, because I was going, doing my, my things on one line, going forward, and then going backwards, doing the movements, while all the, the, the boys and the girls started to come in behind me and make this whole big movement on stage. And I had to keep my line. I was going up and say, hello, hello, hello. And I go back and do these things. You know, I, I look at the right and left. Oh, the dancers around me. I go back to the floor, 
to the front and say, hello, hello, how are you? And, and go back again, you know. I had to go back and forward and keep on dancing on the same line because otherwise I was going to put an arm out and just bash someone in the face. <laughs> it's my stage, move over. Right, exactly, oh. yes. It's, it's an amazing moment, yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Yeah. I'm getting more emotional when I, the more interviews I get because I think when people remember what it felt like, it just moves me. And I think there's something so beautiful of you getting to be the first one on there, but it's also really beautiful. I could feel like when you start to feel the rest of your cast join you in this huge yeah, thing of the yeah. opening, like, cause there's the, the wonderful thing of being a soloist and being seen, but there's also that wonderful thing of feeling the energy of your dancers and singers on stage. That's there's nothing like that. Like when you get to that, like, you don't have to see them. You can feel them what it feels like to share that energy. And I'm sure there was a lot of excitement and what was yeah. the, how long was the rehearsal process? So what, when the other one closed, was there a, a gap where people um, went home or were you right to work on the new one? No, the old little closed. And then we started to rehearse. I think we, we rehearsed for six or seven weeks. Uh, we started at 12 o'clock, like noon. And then we had a break to have lunch, to have dinner. And then we, we worked until 10, 11 o'clock at night. It was very, it was very intense for long, long days. And because we had to share the stage. And, uh, and that's what I'm going to start talk about, <laughs> about something that is going to make you smile. Because when the principals was, were on stage and we were learning our choreography, the dancers were having their break. They could have a rest. And then when we could have a break, we would, we would sit in, in the room, watch on stage what was happening. And so I was watching this choreography um, going on with the boys. And this, this first boy, uh, I thought, whoo, he, he looks good. He has a different way of dancing. It was like a peel elec an electric battery, you know? It's very, 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 very um, little shocking movement, lots of energy. And his name is was P his name is Peter. So, and after three or four days of rehearsal, uh, Peter was in the front. Uh, Don Arden got his mic and he said, "Peter, what's wrong with you? Are you tired? What's where's your energy?" And there was this silence going down. And Peter stepped and did a couple of steps in front. He said, "Well, yes, I guess I'm tired. I haven't had a proper meal for days." And then Don, he took the microphone and said, okay, uh, let's, have a, let's have a little pause. And from that moment, every night, we, we were invited to have dinner in a restaurant, Georges Seng, just outside the Lido. Thanks to Peter, who stood up for us. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And I think they forget to, that dancers have to eat to do that yeah. much work. Yeah. It's like, you, how are we supposed to do this? Yeah, that's wonderful. And you need yeah. someone to actually tell the truth and say, hey, we, yeah. we are not we are not machines <laughs> that's right so like uh 18 months ago when Lindsay organized this beautiful reunion and you were there but i we didn't talk <laughs> but there's I, a lot I, of us <laughs> <laughs> so funny um what was i going to say um yeah um i i have been lately uh, having another uh, occupation organizing events in paris and um when I heard that everybody was going to come to Paris on the 28th of August, I proposed to do an event the day before. And I was communicating on, on Facebook saying, listen, if you're already in Paris, uh, I'm organizing an event and you're very welcome to come. And Peter was very dynamic on, on Facebook. He said, Hermann, it's a great idea. I will come and bring some friends. And, and he did a lot of communication. He brought in 30 people. 
And uh, there was more than 200 people. It was a very nice event in some park outside uh, in, in, in the wood in Paris. And when Peter came in with his head and his eye Emma! and I was going, oh my God, Peter Stanford, now I remember you. And so we started talking and I said to him, I remember you stood up for me, for us. And he said to me, that's so amazing that you remember that because nobody has ever mentioned that to me. And he was really touched by the, by the fact that I remembered that. And, and I don't know, we just started to talk. And, <laughs> and the next day, well, he was taking pictures of me during the whole, the whole evening. And, and I was, you know, I was, I was working, you know, I, I was the one organizing the event. And the next day when we had to pick up our, our batches, uh, he was, uh, we, we had to wait because there was lots of people at the same time going in. And I saw him standing on the staircase with his hat. I think, oh, okay, let me sneak in. And I was standing next to him. I said, hello, Peter, how are you doing? And from that moment on, we have not stopped seeing each other. We stayed together the whole day, the whole day through, uh, through in the champagne, through the, the pictures. And he said, let's have something to eat because we started to get hungry. So we go out and we go back. And the next day, when he did the whole photo shoot in front of the Eiffel Tower, um, I was late because I was really tired from, from, from the evening I did the, the day before. And so I arrived late and the whole photo shoot had just finished. Oh, I felt so bad. I said, that's not possible. I said, please. Okay, are there anybody of the LA leader who still want to do a picture with me? And so we still managed to do a picture. And then I said to Peter, okay, okay, uh, just don't move. I'm going to walk back. <clears throat> I'm going to do a pose. You click on it and just that's it. And he managed to do a picture of me right in front of the I've Eiffel Tower. I've seen that. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm by myself. Yeah. And that's, a, that's an amazing moment. Yeah. And I was so proud also to do that. So uh, did you did you guys have any connection when you were in the show together? Did you, you no. didn't date or were you even friends? No, no, no. Peter. Yeah. Bring him in here. I would love to. I'm bring him. Come on, come on, come on. Hello, darling. It's your, it's your, <laughs> it's your moment. Make your entrance. We're Drum talking roll. about you. <laughs> so I have to take this off. Oh, maybe we can share. You're going to shake. Okay. So if I take this off, are you still be able to? Yes, yes, you can hear me again. No, no, just... Hi, Peter. I have to oh, say. Oh, there we are. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I, I have to say a huge thank you um, for those amazing photos because there was a picture that was circulating of the cast. I think it was in the 60s. And I just flippantly threw it out. They're like, oh, we should go take a picture. I just thought we would just walk outside and take a picture. And it's way more complicated to organize that 300 <laughs> dancers. And then Lindsay got on that. And then the next thing, like how organizing the groups that we had a professional my idea was we could all stand out there and just take a picture. And then we end up with these professional pictures that were so beautiful. And I have it framed in my room. <laughs> I have it on my Facebook thing because the, it was like the weather was interesting for that shoot too, but you managed to make it work with the lighting. And it, it was, it was such a highlight of that. Um, that well, reunion for me was to get not just having the picture, but actually taking the pictures and looking at all the lines, each eight, you know, one, two, three yeah. or ABC line up and see these like historical, wonderful dancers together and that you captured it. And I loved watching how you worked 
and it just, it's, I have to thank you. Thank you that I have this piece of, of this memory that is not just on my crappy camera. It's like a professional shot. So first, thank you for that. It's a pleasure. Well, originally, of course, it was uh, Jeannie who had the idea who was in that original picture. And Jeannie uh, was going to, she wanted to take uh, another photographer who used to do all the photos of the Moulin Rouge and the uh, Lido called Luke. But I knew Luke, it had, he'd actually uh, sold his cameras because he, he, he'd spent his money at the casino. I think he lost his money at the casino and, and he was, became retired. And, and it was all the old uh, analog cameras and he never worked with digital. And of course, uh, so she found that out and she said, and I just said, well, look, I, I can be there as a backup if it doesn't work, uh, work out. And, and that's what it was. I was a backup for that particular shoot. And so uh, I went to meet up with Jeannie. We went over how we're going to do it because originally when she posted the photo said, uh, oh, we're going to do this with the girls. So, so some of the original girls and some said, oh, I'd like to do that. Oh, she said, okay, well, maybe we can do an extra line. We didn't realize we were going to have to do eight extra lines. Right. Uh, that was a long process. Yeah. So when we got all the people in, we had to get everyone in who really wanted to do it. We had to plan it properly because obviously you it's a public space and we knew that we could do it briefly. Uh, the council uh, would have let us do it briefly, but there's going to be a time period. And if we're there for a terrible long time, will probably be thrown out. And that would mean that some of the photos may never have been taken. So that's why it had to be done very military fashion. And, uh, and I just worked with Jeannie to say, we've got to get these kids together, print up some numbers for their lines, get, you know, and, and make it work quickly because we didn't have time to mess about. And that's exactly how it happened. And sure enough, um, when we managed to get some extra photos in for the LA Lido Chiller kids, uh, and and Helma, who was late, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and just after I'd just taken the last ones, the uh, the uh, security police from the council came by, asked us to move on. Oh, it wow. perfect oh. timing! And and we and we did it very quickly. Oh, very yeah. too quickly. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, but the feedback I got from a lot of the girls saying that was their favorite part of the reunion. They thought this was fantastic. They, it was wonderful. It, it was such a good vibe. I think for the reason of getting everyone in a line, brought everyone, everyone back to where they were the 40 to 50 years before that. And yeah. I think that's, that was the magic that that particular photo should shoot took, took on. And of course, I wanted relaxed and fun. Yeah, and that's what we tried to get. Of course, it was difficult technically because it was backlit. And yeah. you'll notice with any photos you took, all the faces would have been dark. So I had to do a lot of work on each of those photos, sometimes on the faces, the individual faces, to try and bring some of that out because it was a little difficult in post, but it, was, uh, it worked out in the end. Everyone seemed to be very happy. Oh, that whole day, because the photo shoot, I was on a high. Like, Irma, when you were talking about, like, when you get down to the show and you're still up there, I was like that. And I didn't stay for the big one. I think I was so worried about getting back. I had the time wrong for the dance class on the Lido stage. So I oh, missed yeah. out on that big one. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd been there. Yeah. But then we got to dance. Only 20 of us got to dance on the stage for that dance class. And then the show was at night. It was the most perfect, perfect day. 
I'm still on a high from it. And I think we're, every time anyone does an interview, we thank Lindsay for putting it together. We thank, we want to thank you for doing the photos because, and then Victoria and Jane for letting us dance on the stage. It was, there was, that was, that reunion was so magical because it wasn't just like sitting, you know, and watching the show or looking at books. I felt like we got to experience it in our bodies. Like, like I, I didn't even think of that being in that line together. It did take us back to what, what that was like. And I'm in a row with no one that I ever worked with, but it still felt like we were all in the same show. Somehow magically we had all been in the Absolutely. same show together. I think the photo shoot actually brought the evening together and for the reason why everyone was there. Yeah. Well, that's it. You can be a great photographer, but you also know what it was like to be a performer. So if they just brought in a, a photographer that didn't know that life, it would have been very different than someone. It never does. Yeah. It never works. You know what I thought was so funny? Um, I don't know which group it was, but I, I, I heard about it. They were standing, trying to do this position, standing on one leg, and the one was going to back, losing her balance, and then the whole line had to put the foot down and they were just going to Because <laughs> I realized, you know, we are, we, we're not be able to stand on one, on one leg anymore, you know, and that right. was- It was very funny. There was lots of funny moments. It was yeah. the line where everyone was all over the place, but I quite liked it. It, it, it showed a lot of individuality, and, uh, and I think that's what, I think everyone, Okay, they were in a line, they were doing the same thing, but they, everyone had their individual charisma and character come out, and that was important. Yeah, so I just spoke um, about the day before when I organized my event, and I oh, yeah, and I told you that I remember that you stood up for, for us during the rehearsal. And, and thanks to you, we had a meal every night, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's so sad that, that's, that that had to be spoken up to actually, like, have a meal for dancing all day. Yeah. Peter, I have a question. You were in the show. Where, where are you from? Where did you I'm come from? I'm originally from Sydney, Australia. Okay. So that was a big, big thing to go all the way to Paris. Yes. And, uh, well, I came over with another girl called Sylvia Sims. Uh, she's living in, uh, in, Vegas, uh, in, uh, in uh, L.A., uh, but she went, she left the Ali Lido to go and do uh, the uh, the Reno show with a number of the other girls. I, okay, I was in that show. Her name sounds really familiar. Yes, this is yes, amazing. They, All of our crossovers that have many Yeah, you should try and check her out. I know she, you should try and get through to Sylvia. She's got an interesting history as well because she obviously went from the Lido to do the show in uh, in Reno. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and I know, uh, like, uh, Don Arden asked if I would go if I'd be interested in going to the MGM because um, I think because I stood up for everyone at that time and, uh, uh, and I had all lots of different styles of dance, so uh, why not? But no, I wanted to stay in Paris because that's the reason why I came over there. If I went into the Vegas show, it would be like being in Australia again. I, I'd already done that. I'd already been in Australia for my formative years. And America is a bit like, you know, it's a bit like Australia, you know, very, <laughs> really? yeah. Well, and also I, to be in Paris, like that's such a dream. How long did you um, stay there? How many shows did you do? Oh, I only the did the one Lido show and I left before Hammer because uh, I, I was an acrobat as well. And I did, uh, I did, I was studying the can-can with one of the, the lead ex can-can soloists, um, of Paris, who who did all the big shows in Paris over the years, this uh, Jean Louis Bear, and he asked if I would go into the Alcazar show, and I uh, I went into that show 
um, and left Bluebell. She wasn't too pleased about that, of course. But uh, but and uh, and then I went off to another show, and then off to the Folly Berger. I became like a can can replacement uh, for people, and uh, and and but I had an Australian passport, um, and the Folly Berger wanted to keep me, but they couldn't because I couldn't get my British passport made in time. My father was born in in London, um, but we had problems with the papers. And I ended up going to work in a circus in Brazil. Oh and my gosh! Kicked my legs around there, and I yeah. I, I, uh, I toured Brazil and Argentina, and then I finally came back to Paris with my British passport this time. And after getting a, a couple of days sleep, went off to the Moulin Rouge, did a, uh, an audition for Doris. She remembered me. I knew Doris from before I left. And, uh, and she says, uh, you're doing this number tonight because we're so desperate. And, I, and, and then I started the show within, within a couple of weeks, I was doing all the, all the numbers. And then they had a, uh, a general rehearsal for everyone. And, uh, and then she offered me a contract, a year contract. I said, I'll tell you what, Doris, I, I, I won't do a year contract, but I will do an eight, twice I needed to go back to Australia for a month or so to see my mother who wasn't ill and she says you've got a deal so I worked for eight months and I went off to Australia for six weeks came back and I did another eight months I go along and then after the Mulan I went off to the after the parody Latin uh, where Helmer had just finished to go to the orchestra Splendide and I did the new show at the parody Latin and then, I, and then I, I left and came back to the Moulin before going off to the UK to work in the West End. So there you go, very briefly. Oh my gosh. So we I know a lot of people- oh, We go ahead, crossing each other, you know? Um, so, yeah. And there was, was there, Peter, were you, were you, did you have your eye on Herma at all? Or just like you would do the show together? Was there any- Connection? Not in the beginning, Connection. no. Uh, well, it's very simple. Helma was very attractive. She still is, of course. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 uh-huh. and of course, she was very easy to notice. And, uh, and I thought, well, she's the, she's the star of the show here. She's the lead principal. Um, no way. All those producers and directors are going to take her out on my dancer's salary. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to pay her. You know, I couldn't even take her for a coffee at Fouquet across the road. So that <laughs> would be the out of the condition. And, uh-huh. and apart from that, I was just too busy. I had work to do. <laughs> but you yeah. both had these really long careers then, but you were just... But it's so interesting back then, there were so many options of great places to travel or even just Paris that you could do the Moulin Rouge or the Lido. And I know that there was Folly's Bergere. So I have to ask you, Peter, because being the being the can-can soul is I've heard how hard that is on the body. Do you have both of your hips still? Um, no. <laughs> do you have hip replacements? I don't even have both of my shoulders. Really? That's another story. I, another story. I had an accident uh, um, on another job. And uh, and then I was assaulted. And I, I I had I had damaged my shoulders, and and I think I damaged my hips on a fall. And then I uh, was having physio, and then someone attacked me and punched me on the shoulders where I was having physio. But because of um, you get trauma from something, the trauma is oftenly sets off something that's already been there over the years. So yeah. when you ask me about the hips or whatever, yeah, in the end I had to have my uh, shoulders replaced. 
And, uh, and when I was having my shoulders replaced, my hips started to go and I, we found out that it, there'd been a bit of uh, osteoarthritis that had moved into the hips because of the, caused by the trauma. And so in the end, I had within a three and a half year period, I had both shoulders and both hips replaced. Oh my gosh, I have two hip replacements and I, I, don't, I didn't set off the uh, metal detectors with the first one, but when I had the second one, and I think because Europe, the, they're more sensitive than America. I was just yeah. setting off, off the, so if you've got four bionic joints, then uh, I, right. yeah. I, I really ring those bells. Yeah, oh yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when, when you travel with Peter, he has to prepare in his cell phone the picture of, of his hips and his shoulders because otherwise they just don't don't believe him. Right. So in the beginning, oh. I was really told, my God, that's amazing. You are like, how do you say bionic? Yeah, oh bionic yes. Man? Everyone used to call me the bionic man. Yes. When yeah. I was having all these operations, I said, oh no, I'm the Terminator because <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter, what was that like for you when Hermit um, put together that get together before the reunion did did you have have a like i hope i see her or was it just seeing each other was familiar everything where you know there was communications on facebook um because i'd put up all the pictures and everything i confirmed i was going and have a mention on a uh, thing she says oh i've got an event i'm going to do an event today you know the day before everything you coming i said yes of course i will and she's oh can you bring a few people so i then kind of um uh, spoke, got in contact with all the others I knew that were going, and I said, "Look, how much doing you do um, in the in the Parc de Vincennes? We, you know, we should all go." And so, and all these extras came up. How many turned up? I could forget. Thirty. Yeah, I brought. So I technically brought thirty. Thirty along. Three tables of ten. Yeah, and wow. the And there were. It was a very nice atmosphere because. You know, I kept on bringing people to the to the tables to say, okay, this is uh huh. Uh-huh. She was dancing in this show, and everybody was meeting. It was really the very first moment that everybody was meeting. You know, oh all, yeah, it was very nice. But I, I when I walked in, we were uh, we went the wrong way, and uh, and we had to walk right round the park to get into the entry entrance. Uh, I was with one of the other girls who was. Uh, she she was one of the acrobatic dancers that worked with Doris actually in the, in the in her touring shows, and she worked one time with Bluebell in Kenya when Bluebell had a show in Nairobi. Um, anyway, yeah, we turned up and we walked in and Helma was there, and she says, "Peter Stanford, I know you. I remember. <laughs> I remember you. That's it. Yes." And then we, she, she just took me and started chatting away. She says, "I just remember you," and then she mentions the story about uh, Don Arden and me speaking up for everyone because we hadn't eaten, we, we'd been there, we were um, on half pay and uh, we, we just honestly didn't have enough money to eat properly. And, uh, and I lost all my strength as did everyone else. Yeah. And you know, I was at the front, you see, and, uh, and you could see me first. So uh, he was completely, you know, said, that's when I stood up and you could, when I spoke up, because um, I walked to the front of the stage, and say, well, there's a reason for this, and uh, and everyone just shut up. Yeah. Every you could hear a pin drop on the floor because the uh, the um, because, the, you dared because I dare speak dare up to to, go, no to one Don speak, Arden. No one speaks up to Don Arden. And I, well, right. I didn't care. You know, I got nothing to lose here. Um, and anyway, and that's the reason why he told every everyone to have a break. And uh, and that uh, and when we came back, he says every, everyone's going to go have a proper meal. And uh, and and you will all get a proper meal up until the end of rehearsals. 
And, and that, that's how that happened. And Helmut reminded me to thank me. And that's the first time anyone thanked me and remembered that story to me since, the, since, since, that, since it happened. No one ever mentioned that in all those years. Helmut was the first one after 42 years. Amazing. And the fact that, that you remember at 42 means it's significant because I, I was at an audition with Don Arden and all the stories of how scary, you know, so I, to speak up to him was a huge risk. And if no one else is going to do it, I had done a show um, where I had, didn't have money to eat. Same thing. I came in with hardly any money. They're not paying you. And my friend and I almost passed out in a can-can and the choreographer like asked same thing. But, but then they, we had, we were stealing rolls out of the kitchen because we were like living on no food and like trying to have the yeah. energy. So they finally went, oh yeah, we need to feed. And it's so interesting that you have to almost be passing out before someone notices that dancers have to eat to do rehearsals. Right. So maybe you no, set a standard. You know, and wonder... you know, he's up there, you know, slugging away his gin or vodka with Bluebell or something. You know, well, you know, when they disappear off, we all knew those stories. <laughs> and, uh... They were very happy when they came back from dinner. They were very, very happy. Yes. They were laughing. They were very <laughs> yes, and, uh, she was very partial to the gin and he was partial to the vodka, apparently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were lovely people. And you know, there was this ambience going around who is going to open, who is going to do the, the, the beginning, you know, the, the call up, you know. And at one moment, um, Don, I remember that, so I was, my, my heart was beating. Herma, can you come up here? In, in the in doing in the how do you say in the microphone talking in front of everybody and I said okay what did I do what is going to say and then he said look at Larry Larry was one of the graphers and then I realized I was going to do the opening but I nobody knew and I didn't know and it was a big surprise and I was like shaking you know but that's how the the, the prologue um, uh, began yeah it was it was yeah it was a very strong I remember that you know. Yeah. I remember Don Arden was really uh, someone that everybody uh, looked up to, you know, he's a, he's a big personality. Well, he had a big history behind him. I think that's it. And it made him, I suppose, for some, it made him a little fearful because uh, if he didn't like you, it, it would be un unfortunate. I do know during rehearsals, he had quite a few girls crying. Uh, you know, I remember one girl from Australia, Michelle Duggan, and she was, to, she was just chewing some, uh, some gum. And he pulled her out and gave her a hard time. And the poor kid was so sensitive and shy and she just burst into tears and everything. And he still gave her a hard time. But in the end, but she looked stunning on stage. And when she came out and uh, as one of the dancers and she, he invited her to go, you know, to, uh, to Reno. And so she went out to Reno with, um, uh, with, with Kathy Sims and some of the other girls. Mm. So, uh, so it was, uh, you know, but but yes, he was a bit fearful for a lot of them, and uh, but at the end of the day, he still appreciates uh, those that will stand up for themselves. And he, yes. you don't forget, his early beginnings in Vegas, he was working with basically gangsters for God's sake in those casinos. So uh, it goes way back. He's got a lot. There's a lot of back history that we, I'm sure, we we will never know about. Um, but but his his involvement in Vegas goes back to working with gangsters. There's a few people that are writing books now. There's uh, there's so much as telling Herma before this, like there's a, a need to preserve it more than ever because we've lost a lot of bluebells this last year. You know, like we're mm. getting older and the stories are I feel like important to tell. But somebody that Don Arden kind of shared some stories with that that nobody had heard. So she she's writing a book because I feel like we know a lot about bluebell story. 
but not so much about Don Arden. And that did come up about Vegas when it was the mob days. And like, yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of pressure there. And so oh, yes. there's that makes a lot of sense of knowing why someone could be so awful to, you know, in those things and knowing like what what is their story, what got him to there. But then the ones that stuck with him, like didn't, you know, because I, I could see people crying and then just quitting, but those who stuck it out. And then if he likes you, like, okay, you're courageous enough to to come back. Like for you, that's oh, yeah. like I love that that, that you that you actually acknowledge that that, that mattered that someone <laughs> spoke up to him. So I have more yeah. questions about the reunion, about after the photo shoot, um, like that we saw the show, were you guys just starting to spend more and more time together? Because I love the video that you put together, Peter, like that compilation <laughs> of your love story. I cried because <laughs> there's it's something, if, if, you, if you'd if you met another way, it would still be magical. But because it was the reunion and the context of everything okay. that I think all of us were cheering you on, like this is the best love story. And to have it happen in Paris, at a reunion, just the way it happened. I love now hearing that, that you were even late to the photo shoot, Herman, that you still got your picture. That just yeah, yeah. adds to it. What, what as was I, as rest- I said, as I just said before, after the photo shoot, the next day we had to we had to pick up our badges, and it was a big line. And when I saw Peter standing a little bit high on, on the escalade I, with his hat, I, I recognized him immediately. I went up to him. I said, "Oh, Peter, yeah, hello." You know, so I could uh, advance. How you say? I got more in more in the front of the line. She jumped the queue. Sorry, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and from that moment, so I just told you that from that moment, we just were together. We had the picture taken together the whole afternoon. We stayed together. We watched the pictures on, on the big screen. I've seen pictures of me like four meters high on this big screen. Then we went for a little cocktail to this other dancer who lived just behind the Lido. And she, uh, she invited us for a little drink. So we were there together. Then, you know, I needed to go home and I needed to get some rest because I was getting very tired also because of the, the other party before. He went to his hotel. And the next day he said to me, he, he wrote me a message and said, I had a very nice time with you. Do you think no, it's, a, the, yeah, do you, do you, would you like to come tomorrow yeah. and have a drink and join me for a dinner in front of the Moulin Rouge where I, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting some of the dentists of the Moulin Rouge. And I thought, oh, well, that could be nice. And from that moment, something we were sitting next to each other. And, you know, it was just so natural being together. And I know why, because Peter and me, we have had the same uh, story. We've had the same life. We've had the similar experience of, of our job being a dance and being on stage and everything yeah. so we had a very nice dinner i met all yeah, these beautiful we... people around the table and then i de- i decided not to go that night to see the moulin rouge show because i had already seen it three times in two years or something so we had to say goodbye i said well okay i hope you you have a nice trip back to london and i would i would like to come and see you in london so you can show me the town and and he said okay well bye-bye and and it was so so strange because after after that moment, I had to walk. I walked in Paris, and I don't know if anybody knows very well Paris who's listening right now. I walked Paris from the Moulin Rouge all the way down to Châtelet, walking. I had to just get things out of my system. I was getting so nervous because I felt something was happening between us. Oh. And I just need to walk and said, no, Hammer, this is, no, don't, it's complicated. He lives in London, I'm in Paris, and no, no, and I just need to get him out of his head. The next morning, I get, again, a message. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I have a, uh, we had a very nice time in the Moulin Rouge. We showed, I, 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 it was a shame you didn't come. I really missed you. And let's just uh, have a last drink before I take my train. And then I was going, oh God, now what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I said, okay, yes, okay. Um, it's 11 o'clock, one o'clock, let's have some lunch. And so I gave him a rendezvous to have lunch at the river in Paris. And from that moment, we, just, we were having so much complicity and talking about his life and talking about my life and things we could eventually do together. And um, it was just very natural. It was amazing. So then he had to go, <laughs> he had to go back uh, to his hotel and pick up his stuff and take a train. So we did eventually finally said goodbye in the metro station. But then the next day he was in his train and I was in my train going down to the south of France because I had an evening in, in the south of France. And we just started to talk. And we talked and we talked and then we chat and we were on FaceTime for five weeks. Mm. And I think we just fell in love. Mm. That's just it is. It we just fell in love. Yeah. Talking and talking. And then Peter says, okay, this is just not possible. We'll have to spend some quality time together. Now, and I love that word quality times like okay yeah let's have some quality time together so what do we do i said okay you take a train you go up to normandy and i take a train and the bus and, and we meet in normandy i said normandy oh no no that's boring i don't want i want some sunshine okay he goes online and he finds a very nice trip and we met in mallorca for five days in a beautiful <gasps> hotel now okay five days can be very long if things don't 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 work right. out and five days can be short if, if, you, if, if you're happy. Anyway, we had a very nice time. Everything worked out very well. We did lots of talking. We did lots of walking by the beach and everything. And are you sitting? Are you sitting? After four days in front of the sea, on the terrace, he went to some little supermarket to get limoncello. It's very nice limoncello. Sorry, we, were, we were drinking the limoncello. And then we, we said some very intimate things about our background in the family that we had to tell each other face to face and not on FaceTime. And I would say, listen, I have the feeling we're getting into this relationship now. I don't know if you're ready for this, but my daughter is pregnant. I'm going to be a grandmother. Are you ready for that? And then he said, well, I was going to propose you for, by, by Christmas, but now you're talking about it. Why don't I propose you right now? And I was looking at the floor because I don't understand what means a proposal, a proposal, propose. I said, propose, propose what? And then you turned to me and you said, do you want to marry me? Can you believe that? Do you oh, want to marry me? And I go, oh my God. I don't believe it. I said, but we've only known each other for five weeks. And he said, no, no, we've known each other for much longer. You know that. And I said, oh, God, say it again. And then he says, do you want to be my wife? And I go, and I think to myself in my head, I said, Herma, just do it. And I said, yes. <laughs> oh. it, it was just a beautiful moment, a beautiful moment. Did I, did I tell it? Yes, perfectly. Did I tell it? <laughs> <laughs> there, because there's something of the romance at Paris that you can get caught up in that and go back to real life and maybe it wasn't how it seemed in Paris because of romance, but the way that you guys made it continue and that you can have conversations without the romance of Paris, like those five weeks in between yeah. like to build that. It's such a beautiful story. And I've heard people say like, sometimes 
you know, if you marry and then find someone like going back to someone that maybe you knew from high school or something, cause they knew you win. But what you guys had was something like a lot of people don't understand that life as a performer, like that you guys already understood that and you already had a history together, but then you've had a whole life. You live separate. There's something that you had a starting point. That is such a wonderful, it's such a wonderful love story because like, I don't know, like if, when you're done with show business, when you try to tell this to people that don't know that life, they either don't care or they don't get it. They don't, um, honor it the same way that we do those stories and so it feels like part of you has to stay private if people don't really get it so I just think there's something so wonderful that you both know what it was like to live those days and you're That's still right. living it and the, the fact that you're still performing I, it, I think it's such a great love story all the parts of it and it's 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 really important to be with someone who understands what you've done before and where you, and, and what, what your life has been before. Um, I've had some relationships with men, of course, sorry. They <laughs> they treat you like a Sultan Bank and they say, okay, what do you what do you bother? You you're 40 and something, you you just have to start doing something else. And I said, No, I don't want to do something else. That's not me, you know. They people who have nothing to do with show visions, they don't understand really. And that's that it's so important for us because I understand completely what he's done and, and what he feels. And the same, the same thing for me, you know. And what I admire very much in Peter when he was in, in the in the in the Lido, in, in the show, during the day, he took all these classes. Now I went to Gallery Lafayette and spent my money and buying clothes and shoes, but he goes <laughs> out and gets and gets acting classes. He worked with Marcel Marceau uh, to do oh, my Yes, oh, and yeah. I went to the American church and he got himself into a choral to sing. And what, what did I, and then he learned how to. Yeah, no, I was, um, yeah, no, I, I was studying, I continued my singing. I, was, I studied classical, <laughs> classical music, um, I had private lessons uh, studying that. And I also sang with the American choir. Um, and uh, I went off, I, I, I learned how to fence in Australia so I wanted to keep that style going, that that uh, that skill going, and I found a, uh, um, a class. the, there's a, the, the classes going, and I was uh, living in the seventh arrondissement, um, and you know the big tour Montparnasse, the very big tower. In in the I know I know if you can remember in Paris, if you're looking uh, where we were doing the photo shoot. And mm -hmm. you look at the Eiffel Tower, off to the right, there's a skyscraper that sits, sticks out of nowhere on yeah, the yeah. south side of Paris. And that's the, that's the Tour Montparnasse. It's 56 stories high. But on minus, uh, minus one story is a very big Olympic-sized swimming pool where I used to go swimming first thing in the morning. And then I would come back on a Tuesday and Thursday after late afternoon to go on to the, le the, the two level, the level below the swimming pool. And that's where they had Europe's largest fencing uh, 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 salle or uh, area. And, and I joined a fencing group there and uh, I, I, I fenced twice, uh, twice a week. Um, I would go do competitions if I could get away, if I, if I wasn't doing a show and it, I could have got there. The, the, you know, the, so I didn't do as much competition as I would have liked to. And then, of but course, you were on stage every night. But so I was on stage you know, every night. You uh, get to bed at yeah. four o'clock in the morning. It's very hard. Yes. Things like that in the daytime. So, and uh, that's really what I admired. Uh, admired. Yes. And I, I was doing the acting. I continued my acting because obviously I was a trained actor in Australia as well. So I went to, there was a guy called Robert Cordier, sadly left us uh, at 90 odd years beginning this past year. 
and uh, he uh, uh, he he gave uh, bilingual acting classes, so you could act uh, in English and in French. And so I was doing that. He invited me to join his new company, but I couldn't because I was under contract with the Lido. So uh, so, and of course I was dancing, and I was more into physical mode. Yeah. And then of course I was doing my mime lessons with Marcel Masso when he was in town. Otherwise. <laughs> But when he wasn't there a lot, I must admit. And it was his yeah. wife, his Polish wife. I think she, she was the second wife. She gave classes as well. And, uh, and, and so I went that was down in the fifth arrondissement. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so we, we always, I was just always busy because I, I, well, I knew I would be going to the West End in the future after I got Paris out of my system to work in the West End. I know I wanted to do opening West End productions. In London. In London, yes. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe later in, in Broadway, but unfortunately Broadway didn't work out, but London did. So, oh, wow. Um, you guys yeah. have both had such long, really rich careers. That's, mm. uh, that's also, I think, I'm looking at you now, like nobody can see you because I'm on Zoom, but like, Herma, you look like you're probably 41. <laughs> maybe maybe no but you still you still look so youthful but also just that because some people I talked to somebody yesterday who wishes she had embraced more things like doing the shows like I for me I wish I had embraced more of the friendships because I think I was shy it took me so long in that year and then like when I left the other shows I, I had Richard friendships but part of me was like I wished I had done that when I was in that show because when I came to the reunion there's people that have had these like 40-year friendships and so I think some of us would think oh I wish I had embraced this but we did what we did and I still think it was wonderful but like the fact that you were like really living a life in Paris you know if it's buying shoes or if it's fencing it's like sometimes you you assume you're going to come back and do this again like I left place like oh I never went back like I'm glad I did these things an experience like I lived in Bermuda and I think I saw every square inch of that island and did everything I could do because I think I understood it more it's like this this isn't going to go on forever and to get to go live in these wonderful places and be able to afford to do these things it's wonderful like Peter it's like you you were enriching your mind and your body and your creativity and your future by what, what you actually like let yourself really take the time to do when you could have just been you know I think, I think in show business, when you're traveling around to different countries, you find how small show business is. It's like when we were at uh, the Lido, um, we were um, we, we had a uh, uh, an acrobatic act called the Rios Brothers, and uh, and 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 they were great. I used to have a chat with them. They, they, they were nice guys. I, I like having a chat with them. And uh, anyway, when I ended up in Brazil. I met this uh, girl who was going out with the lion trainer, Layla, and she just happened to be their sister. Sister of the Rios brothers, yeah. Oh, she wow. Sister of the Rios brothers. Yeah, she and, she couldn't, and she couldn't believe I was working with her brothers um, the, the year before, in, in fact, that same year. Um, and, uh, and, and it's just quite amazing. And, uh, and, and she was uh, married or going out with the lion trainer who actually wasn't, didn't start, uh, he wasn't there when we arrived in Bahia. He was in hospital in intensive care because one of the lions uh, had a bit of a tantrum on stage and attacked him and, and had enti his entire head in his mouth. <gasps> and none of the, uh, none of the uh, various uh, uh, stagehands would go into the cage she was the one that took the whip, went in there and, 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 and whipped the, you know, clacked the whip 
and got in there and opened the mouth of the tiger and pulled him out and clicked the whip to get the get the lion sorry get the lion into the cage into the into the tunnel and then she because the lion knew he did wrong so and just went back through the tunnel where he should have gone and this guy's blood apparently everywhere this is before we arrived and when he did come out of uh, semi of, of, uh, of, of hospital he had these huge holes in um, either side of in his shoulders back and back where the teeth of the tire of the lion was uh, was in him oh and and he went back into and he went, started the act again and with the same lion. But when we got to Rio de Janeiro, that's when he retired. The, uh, the lion was just older and, uh, and just, they loved each other. They, everyone loved it, but, but animals sometimes do that if they get yeah. a bit old and they forget things and the lion just forgot. But uh, she was the one sister of the Rios brothers, whom I worked with at the Lido. She was the only one who went in there to save his life. Are they still, do you know if they got, they stayed together? I That's believe so, but, but I don't know. I, I left the, I left the circus and I kind of lost contact with yeah. everyone there because I went into Paris, back to Paris. I was at the Moulin Rouge and, and, and then it was busy again. So it was just one of those things, but the, but you, you do find and you, and, and, and then when I was later, I was working in cats and scanning in, in Finland. And one of the guys was a Moroccan acrobat and dancer actor. He was also, he was in the show. He also worked with the Rios brothers whom I worked with in, uh, in, uh, at the Lido. And he worked with them much even earlier when they were in the Italian circus. So it was, uh, it was a, again, such a small world. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you had a chance to, to talk with, with Michelle of the Rios brother and, and his lovely wife, Nancy, who taught me to put the, 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 the eyelashes on. And, and she remembered, she, rem, she reminded me, uh, she, she remembers very well, we were sitting in the same lodge. Uh, I was drinking one liter of milk every night in the lodge. And uh, I, I forgot about that. And she just rem reminded me, one whole liter of milk. When I was thirsty, I come off stage, I get changed, I uh, drink like a couple of, of uh, how do you say, gorgé. Yes, uh, yeah, amazing, of, huh? Yeah. One liter of milk, and maybe that's why I become became so tall. <laughs> right, that seems like the last thing I would want to drink during a show. <laughs> yeah. I love milk. Yeah, the, the Dutch, the Dutch are only tall because they know they're going to get flooded out because it's the lowest country in the world. So they have to be tall to keep their head above water. <laughs> that, well, you'll be safe. At least your neck, your head will be safe. So what did you get? What did you guys do after the proposal? You went back to your homes yeah, because that's like it's to, not an yeah, easy well, thing to just be together. Well, we what happened? Yeah, we had to go back. Well, I had I had work commitments. We had work. I had to go back, but you know we were we made that decision and 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 I went back to London for a couple of days because he had organized Peter had organized a reunion for the for the English girls. And then he came to spend three weeks in December with Christmas and and oh before that in November, that's right, we went to Holland and uh, and, and we, we had a little engagement party in Holland in front of my family. Oh. Who did not believe it. <laughs> my my three sisters, they're all reacted differently i won't go into that story but it was very nice actually and so yeah we got engaged in holland in front of my uh, my family and we were supposed to um 
get married last August, but because of this COVID situation, we had to cancel everything. So we yeah. still not married, not yet. <laughs> We're still waiting. Yeah. We're still waiting. Yeah. Because right now it's impossible. The people from, from Australia can come, United States can come, England. I have people from Holland, of course, France. It's just, we, have, we are waiting until everything comes down. Yeah. Everything, everybody can um, travel again. Yeah. Because, well, uh, you know, we, and we, we had a business, Helma uh, had her, her, her new business, her business in, in uh, events, event management with her. That was own. doing pretty good at that. That was doing very well. I was doing, uh, um, I was in tourism as well as I still kept my, I still keep my finger in the theatrical pie. And I, I was going to put on two plays at the end of last year in London. I already had a theatre. Uh, one it was one uh, multi-role play plus a uh, one-man play uh, that I I reworked um, and uh, and but I knew if uh, after meeting him and moving over here well that's not a problem I could do that in Paris if necessary and uh, the uh, the tour side touring guide I was actually became because of my right shoulder operation when I had that replaced I came out of the morning operation and there's another chap that came in after me and he was in pain and everything and, uh, and we went up going to have the same uh, physiotherapy you know post-op uh, physio and we became good mates and he was from uh, Rhodesia or Zimbabwe now and uh, and uh, and it was quite funny because I had my uh, I had my shoulder in a, in, uh, in a sling and he had his other shoulder in a sling. <laughs> and so after, after physiotherapy, we would go to the pub to continue our physiotherapy with pints of beer. So <laughs> we're very good exercises, you can imagine. And he would, he would hear my stories of show business. And he says, oh, you should be working uh, uh, with the guy I, 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 I do the accounts for. I said, what's that? He says, oh, he says, uh, rock tours. I said, oh, yes, I studied geology. He said, no, rock music. <laughs> I can hear that both ways. Yep. Yes, and and uh, well, I uh, honestly I studied geography at university, and also uh, I, I geology. I knew all that. Um, but anyway, I'd been I I was a rock fan, and I had watched a lot of the rock groups in my time. In and and uh, and, uh, and 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 the next minute, I know uh, I'm meeting uh, uh, this guy, and he asked me to take a group around Soho. And uh, they, he got a really good feedback from walking around with these kids that I ended up becoming a rock music tour guide with London rock tours. And oh it, worked out, it worked out really well. And I loved it. And I learned all this information about the group, plus all the, uh, the anecdotes I could offer because I did choreograph the Roxy Music uh, song of Avalon back in the 80s. And I did do... Um, what? Uh, you, you, know, uh, you know the one? Avalon. Yes. All the yes. video, that, that's all mine. Every movement is mine. Oh, I'm going to look that up now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still very simple, but all the movement, yeah. the director couldn't do movement. He couldn't do movement for Tosh. So uh, I, I did all the movement for everyone there. A lot of it's cut out, of course, you know, any yeah. days. But, but yeah, that was quite a good one. In fact, that was my first uh, job with Pineapple. You've probably heard of Pineapple mm -hmm. Studios. Mm -hmm. Well, this is when they just started the, um, uh, having their own agency. It was one of their first gigs. And I'd already been doing a bit of choreography for other groups. And they'd heard about me and they asked me to come and do this one. And I was in Paris at the time. And I just came over to do the Roxy Music gig. 
and uh, and and yeah, this is this is how things work out, you see. And, and so that's actually why he wanted to continue to do this in coming to Paris. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so actually, I so I had anecdotes. Yeah, so I had anecdotes, you see, of the business for my rock tours, and the people yeah. loved that. And we did a Beatles tour. Well, of course, I had already shaken hands and spoken with Paul McCartney and John Lennon because I was in the Sgt. Pepper's musical that went from Broadway to Sydney, Australia, um, uh, directed by Tom O'Horgan, who was the original director of Hair. Who who did the who did the musical Lenny from Lenny Bruce? Yeah, and uh, yeah, he did all that. So uh, and and of course the he they uh, and and our boss was um, was David Frost, and uh, he's the one that brought the Beatles <laughs> out uh, with his uh, with oh his gosh. Paradigm Productions, and and of course uh, Paul Paul McCartney. And uh, 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 and uh, John Lennon came out to see it, you know, back in 1976. And we all got, they all came on stage after the show. We shook their hands and had a chat and everything. Not so much John Lennon, he didn't talk much, but, but Paul was very chatty. But, but they loved those stories, you see. So I was going to do that in Paris. I could have done that because they were going to, they did have Paris rock tours, but not developed. And if I was going to be living here, I could develop that. So that was a job we were going to do. COVID screwed that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We keep saying, and then COVID, and then COVID. Well, also, I imagine it'd be a great tour because you're animated. You have acting, like, when you've got someone who's just kind of, like, bland. But, like, I just, places I've been, if the tour guide is wonderful, you remember that way differently than if someone's just, like, kind of going through the motion. So I could imagine you'd be wonderful because I'm sure you'd be animated and you know how to captivate an audience. In February, when my sister was there, and it was just before before moving together to Paris, Peter did a rock tour with us and with my girlfriend Alison. Uh, uh, also, we're still in contact with from the leader. She's from the, the leader. leader, and she was having a dinner at, at the gala evening in front of us, and and she saw it all kind of little happy. Uh oh, you guys are frozen. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm gonna uh, go off and come back on. Okay. <laughs> so we are back. We had some issues with technology and internet connection, and that happens so much because we like we have this wonderful thing of Zoom, and then when we lose connection, like, well, I can't just drive. I can't drive over to your house and finish the interview. So no, we are back. No, no, it's very, good, very nice to be back. Listen, just one thing that just popped up in my mind—a uh, funny thing that that I want to share with people who are listening to us. The very first day when I started working in the, in the Lido, in the old Lido, and so here we are, uh, half August 1975. I just came back from holiday with my sister from a very nice two weeks holiday in the sunshine in the south of Spain, and I was very, very tanned. So um, I had all these bluebells coming into my lodge. Um, looking at the backside, there was really white, 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 and trying to find out a color of of pancake that they could put on my backside so it would be all the same color because they were afraid that Miss Bluebell was not going to be happy having one bluebell in there with a really <laughs> completely white backside. So um, that was really, really funny. And uh, yeah, I had to get rid of, of my tan very, very fast because it really stood out. Yeah. How, how, did they, how did they fix the color of your backside? Oh, I think Lindsay really had had something in, in her stuff uh, that was darker than the pancake that we were wearing on our face. And, and she, she, she managed to, uh, 
to cover it up. So I would say, save <laughs> well, by okay. pancake. <laughs> <laughs> Pancaked backside. I have a, I have a, one of the pictures that surfaced of me in my very beginning of the show. I have the tan line kind of in the front, like the G string line is high and then at the hips. Of course. And I look at that picture. I'm like, I don't think I was thinking of that. And I look now that picture is out there everywhere and I can't fix it. I want to color it up a little bit. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's, it the, shows up. The bathing suits are not shaped in the same in the same V angle as, as a G string. Of course. And and it's it is a problem later on if you go if you go and sit in the sun, you have to have uh, you cannot wear a bra. Uh, I, I remember one day I was on a holiday in, in I was in Laguna Beach in, in the United States and, and I was hiding to try and, and, and you get some sun some sun on, on my on my breast because I knowing being a, a new dancer you have your breast naked so you you have to be very careful not to get such a difference of skin color you know and yeah it's always a problem <laughs> so, <funny>. so <laughs> yeah. things that people don't think about no so no. no. Also, because you've done so many shows, you probably have had some costume disasters because those, those shows have so many things that could go wrong. Either costumes, we've heard about set things going wrong. And, but have, did you ever have any costume disasters, either one of you? Well, the day that Rosita in the old Lido again, I was still Bluebell, uh, was in the room to make some pictures of us because, you know, it's such a shame. We don't have very many pictures. So on her day off, uh, she sat next to Miss Bluebell on, on the table and she made nice pictures of, of us so we could have some nice pictures as a souvenir and then she sold it to us. And, and that evening, my costume, I had like a big color in the, in the, in the tangle. It just fell on the side. And, and now still I, I look at that picture and I think, oh, that's such a shame, you know, because right that moment that you have to look good, then your costume just falls to the side. Anyway. But uh, that's actually the only one I can think of. Mm. Have you had any catastrophes with well, no, no, not, not me, but I do remember one funny story. It was uh, toward the, it was around the opening when, when, when the guys are in white and in the, in the white. Yeah, the white cape. The white cape and yeah. everything. And uh, yes, and there was one guy who would take the cape off. It took something off with the, one of the leads or something. Yeah, to take the cape off and then you just stayed in your costume. Don't remember that's that? Right. I yeah, remember it. Yeah, no, I don't remember <laughs> Anyway, one of the guys, one of the guys took the cape off and, and, and the girl was coming out with all the feathers and everything. And she turned around and as she turned around, the feathers caught it behind the back of the head. Unfortunately, Peter, Peter Allen was, uh, he had a toupee and the toupee got caught on to the end of the feathers <laughs> and went downstage all the way to the audience and he was trying to grab it. And he kind of tried... Each time he tried to grab it, she turned and he was grabbing at nothing. Eventually, oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so he, he was rather balding and everything. He was like a very much a Fred Astaire without the, without the toupee. And, of course, uh, eventually got it. And, of course, he realised what had happened and he had to somehow get back into line with the boys because he'd embarrassed himself uh, from the stage. So that was, that, was, uh, one of, that was an interesting... And, uh, uh, story and another story, of course, was uh, um, uh, another Peter. This is uh, Peter Daly, and he was the singer. He and, was a singer, and yeah. he also had he had this little curly wig because he didn't have much hair either. And <laughs> and, uh, and he had his and he was he was he was uh, he was a very happy man, uh, very gay, a bit naughty at times with his little dog. 
and uh, and and a little promiscuous on the side. And uh, don't say so, no, oh, I don't, no, 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 but he was a lovely chap. I, I actually, we used to speak theology in the wings because he was quite religious. And, uh, and, and we had some lovely discussions in the wings about theology, about, about uh, Christianity and various other religions. Well, after I left the Lido, um, I went up to South America and, uh, and, and uh, that was where I heard he'd left the Lido to become a Franciscan friar. Really? And I knew something like that would happen because before I left, he said he'd been to Lourdes in the south of France and he, he felt something special. He says, it's life-changing. Something's going to happen. Something really good is going to happen to my life. And I totally forgot about that until I got word he became a Franciscan friar. And he joined this friar in Canterbury and he started up a musical group with the other friars with theater, because a lot of them were out of theater. And they toured the country bringing the gospel in the form of uh, uh, music and, 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 and acting and everything uh, to, to the masses, to a lot of young people and so forth. And it was a lovely, lovely story. And many years later, of course, when I was in London, it's, I was in a show called Singing in the Rain, uh, I met up with him and he came along to uh, he came to the uh, to to have lunch with me with his other younger brothers, and he and 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 I'd already seen him beforehand, and and I went to Canterbury and there he was. He greeted me at the station. The toupee had gone. He was bald, <laughs> and he'd grown a beard. He had his monk's habit and everything. And he took me off to meet all these brothers, which was fantastic. And, and of course, I, I, uh, I stayed there the night and heard all the, the Vespers, the, the chants and Vespers oh. and everything. It was a lovely experience. And of course, I was able to bring him back to London with his brothers and, and, and give them a meal too. And you know, I think that's so interesting also because if you go on Facebook and you're connected with all these ex-Bluebell girls, I find it's very interesting to see what their life has become after the Lido period. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's just amazing how you see how, you know, they become mothers, they have big families with lots of kids and they're all very happy or people are going in completely different direction. One good example is, is Alison Gregg, who is in England and she's winning all these prizes because with her husband, they put up this company of building uh, kitchens. And now I think they are doing like creating also like old decoration in the house, like living room and bedroom and, and, and they're winning all these prizes and she's a lovely girl and you should, you should try and get in contact with yeah. her. Because they call the company Bluebell. Bluebell Furniture, Bluebell, I think it's Bluebell Furniture. It's amazing. And for her, that whole Bluebell period is still very strongly in her mind. Yeah. Because she left it to do something completely different. Now, I have been really staying much longer in, in, in show business because a thing that I hadn't told you is when I was a principal dancer in the new Lido, what I found very hard in the end is that we were working seven days a week. We did not have one day off. Oh, wow. Now, that I found very hard because Sunday looks like Monday, looks like Tuesday. You cannot do anywhere. You cannot go to a restaurant. You cannot go to a cinema. And, and I was getting into some routine at one point it was really, uh, you know, really bothering me. And that's, after, that's one of the reasons that after one year I decided to leave because um, a model agency wanted to hire me. 
And so I wanted to, I just, you know, I had gone as far as I could in the Lido history, in, in that show from Little Blue Bell, uh, going into the first principal dancer. And for me, I couldn't go further on. So that's when I yeah. had to do something different. And then when Jean-Marie Rivière called me to replace his wife, I became La Meneuse de Revue of the Paradis Latin, which was a very nice French show. And I was there also for three for three uh, three years, yeah. So altogether, oh. three years in the Lido and three years in the Paradis Latin. And then I decided to stop my dancing career and went into singing and acting. So I mean, I have been I've been having lots of other artistic experiences after mm -hmm. the Lido. But for some of these 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 dancers, these bluebell dancers, I realized that I have so much things in memory because it was such a strong and important moment for them in life that they yeah. that they, they love to to talk still about it and share it. Yeah. And it's so warm to talk to them. It's it's really yeah. I, I think that's where social media has played a very influencing part because such as Facebook, where people are able to chat with each other. They're able to, as they're chatting away and bringing up pictures of their past, it brings back memories. I had pictures of, uh, of, the, of the dingy hotel room we were put in uh, arriving from Australia. I remember, for example, the, during rehearsals, the girls would always come to my room on a Thursday night after rehearsal with their glasses drinking glasses not to drink it was to put against the wall because there was a prostitute two stood two rooms down who was having an SM session giving oh, this no, guy a good no, whipping no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and which I, is so funny to hear some of these stories of these girls that were so young too like yeah. they went from living at home to paris until now listening into the prostitutes well, well, I brought this story up on Facebook and one of the girls was in the, in my room and she had a picture of it. She said, here's the room where we listened to it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then one of the other girls came onto the Facebook. Said, yes. Yes, I was there, too. <laughs> that was so funny. And, and it creates a, a, it creates a continuum of, a, of, a, of, of an event, which is, brings back so many memories. But someone actually had a picture of that room. They took, yeah, a picture, they, they took a picture. It's very funny. People always, you know, having getting all these memories back. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it really is once a bluebell, always a bluebell. I think that slogan is 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 very is very is very true. Uh, Lindsay, yeah. for the the girl who did yeah, that. Lindsay Raven, yeah. Yeah, yeah once 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 a bluebell, always a bluebell. Yes, it, mm. and that's true. And she's very right. And that that mm. that, that 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 slogan fits really fits really. Yeah. When I think of like my, I'm 61, I can go, okay, here's my high school years. And then I kind of was grouping my performance years all together because I performed professional about six years and I only was a bluebell for a year. But oh, that really? just, that, but then I've lived, you know, I've had kids, I have opened a business, but it really is that one year of being yeah. a bluebell that stands out more than, you know, like not more than getting married or having my children. Well, it's up there, <laughs> but it's just, it's not that long of a period of a lot of people's lives. Like, the fact that you're a legend, Herma, that you didn't do the Lido for years and years and years, that it can be like a year or a few years that, that it actually makes impact on your life, but also all these other people's lives. That I think that's the whole thing of this wonderful collective memory of being at the reunion. I was in line listening to everybody around me, you know, reconnect and get so excited to see their friends. And then the stories started coming out and then people were like, oh, yeah. 
oh yeah like things we forgot all all this is all coming back up so right. I think the photos are so good hearing the interviews there's people writing books because it feels really significant and so, so I think it's such a good way to women I, I've it really struck me so many beautiful women with long necks and a very nice uh, a porté de, de, de tête, how do you say that in English? Um, you know, yeah, right. And and the way of walking and dressing, and most of them were still very slim. And I don't know, they, they do have some uh, some natural carry somewhere around them. Yeah, so they, they do. It really struck me so many beautiful women. I really, wow, you know, mm. it was really such a pleasure to be there and be a part of that. So. Mm. Um, we're going to, we're going to wind down and I know I'm going to have to come back for another one if you're willing, because there's, because you each have like four episodes worth of stories and then together it's so hard because there's so many, um, cause that, that reunion was magical on so many levels. Um, like the photo shoot and the dance class and seeing the shows together, but all the stories and, and then your story that you find each other, like there's just so many things that was like one weekend that I'm still on a high from that, from, you know. 18 months ago so I just think all, all these people that found their friends again and got to reconnect found romance um it, it was just such a like important thing and I think that happened not too close to COVID like if it had been last year we wouldn't have had that and I just think it was such a wonderful thing for us to celebrate right, what right. we were part we'll of we'll have to do it again we'll have to do it Absolutely. again I don't know who's yeah. going to organize it and when but we'll have to <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, I, I was supposed to do a London reunion, the third run at London reunion uh, this year, but I, I, obviously that's not going to happen. So we're going to have to put it off until probably next year, I should imagine. Uh, yeah. Maybe we don't do it in London this time. Maybe everyone's going to come to the south of France. Yeah, let's organize something. <laughs> <laughs> can I pretend I was in that cast and just come yeah. anyway? Yeah, you, can, of course you can. <laughs> oh, of course, absolutely. <laughs> really nice yeah, because. I love that there's like the big reunions, but then there's the smaller reunions like Hello Hollywood, Hello has their own. So there's kind of the collective bluebell and then the smaller shows. That's and right. I just, I know this just feels important to reconnect, you know, like up to something that really mattered in our life instead of act like it was just something way back there. Yeah. So, so you guys have, uh, was okay. really great to, to bring up some of those memories for all of us, but also to hear perspectives that, you know, you have things that other people haven't heard. And that's, that's why I think it's so good to go, oh, everybody experiences very different. Yeah. but the same the same life so i get to say i talked to the legend I'm a <laughs> okay. it was an honor and i think it's it's so good to just own that do you know that you actually really impacted a lot of people and Amazing. peter just like i want to go more into your story at another time but just yeah that's so wonderful like that you had this longevity in this business and then the way i keep going back to that that photo session of how important it is to capture those those memories for us and well, it's all good you know and, yeah it's you know. very nice chat yeah it was very very nice to, to live yeah. all that all yeah this, yeah experience. it was really nice talking to you sherry and yeah <laughs> thank well, you the next one we don't know when but we'll see so yeah, did you go back did you go back to seattle after vegas or what were you in vegas or reno i, I was i was in reno but then i worked i worked for several producers i went to puerto rico and then i went did miller reach up in montreal i did cruise ships and then i did bermuda with greg thompson and then a couple other like dinner theater shows like Gina and Ryan. And then I just stopped because of reasons that I'm still processing. I wasn't really ready to stop, but I think like, oh, I shouldn't be wearing G-strings anymore. And just other things that I stopped before I was ready. And I've heard other Bluebells say that like, I really wasn't ready to stop either kind of 
life situations like, well, I guess I should go be a real person, get the real job right now. And it's like, no, I wish I had, and I'd been offered the Lido at Paris by someone and I didn't take it. And then when I went for the reunion, I went, oh my gosh, I could have lived a life here in Paris. So yeah, I'm really glad for the experiences I had, but it is, I think I probably could have done, like, I love those people that have those long, long careers and knew that no one's going to tell you when it's time to be done except for you. Yeah, true. Well, you know, when, when I when I met uh, uh, John Don Arden and Miss Bluebell having dinner uh, in Joe Allen's restaurant, which is an American restaurant in the center of Paris, a couple of years I had already left the Lido, I had already left the Paradis Latin. I was singing in this orchestra called Le Grand Orchestre du Splendide. Looked like Kid Creole in the Coconuts, Three Girls and Ten Boys, and I had lots of fun. And there I was having lunch with my boyfriend at that time. And I see Miss Bluebell and Don Arden sitting at the table. So I went over them and uh, Miss Bluebell recognized me immediately, of course, and Don didn't. And he said, who is this girl? Oh, you're so beautiful. But I was like already 26, 27 years old. And he said, listen, if you want to come to Reno to do the MGM, I'll rewrite the show for you. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. And I said, I oh my God. No, no, I think my life right now is really in, in yeah. In Paris, well, what you're singing, what you're, yeah, yeah, but it to me. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what you're doing now sounds so beautiful, and you can do that at like you you can age wonderfully in it and offer that yeah. instead of worry about I have to kick my face. Are there right. places when you get some of these things back up and going when things open up? Is there a way people can follow you or if they or see the shows? Maybe we can put well, that in I the link. I do, I do very um, many private um, uh, even, events with, with, with my orchestra. I, I work for, for Cartier, for Mercedes, for all luxury. They have like cocktails and dinners, you know, and then we play. Um, I, a couple of years ago, I was singing in a very nice jazz club, but it's still all, always in Paris, you know. It's always difficult to go outside the city because I have to bring all my musicians and, and, and all the instruments in it, you know, it costs a lot of money so and you know nowadays uh, the budgets are a little more yeah. smaller than before but um well i don't know well peter, no, I, peter I, is working on my website yes. thank you peter he's <laughs> wonderful he, yes. he's, he's going to do my um, update of my website of my singing website and see if i can still now i'm in the south of france uh, get some new contacts so once it's ready, I will send it to you. Yes, we'll yeah, do it. We'll reboot. Just... It's, it's like a reboot. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I think you know, as we enter the twilight years of our, our life, um, then we, <laughs> we, we, we just go to readjust, you know, uh, performance and activity accordingly. And uh, that's what we're going to do with the, uh, you know, with, with the website and try and get Hammer back into doing a few, uh, doing more gigs, you know, in, uh, the, south in the south of France, yeah. you know, whatever that oh, may man. be. Sunshine, um, sunshine. So, so, so sunshine. Well, please, when you get the website, we'll we'll share it so people can find it. I would love to be in the south of France and listen listen to a lovely night of your singing. So maybe maybe we'll make extra little trips over there. Okay, okay, absolutely. Well, okay, well, we'll talk. Thank that. you guys right. so much. I love your stories collectively. I love your stories separate, and that how how this is just the story is going to keep going, and you're going to keep creating new things in it so you're just at the beginning of this so yeah. thank you for taking the time stay well and hope to see you at another reunion or yes, i don't know sure. i'll be i'll be toasting you with some champagne at one of your shows maybe right <laughs> stay safe everybody. thank you right. Bye. 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 Bye.